We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. All right, Wesley, we uh, spent the last 15 minutes of our uh, program talking about commandments one and two of the Ten Commandments. And to be honest with you, I think there's a lot of discussion that goes on with the Ten Commandments, but uh, I I don't know that people really dig in to as deep and and really discuss the implications of of these commandments. Yeah, I don't think they do either. And we're moving on to we're moving up to the to the um to the third commandment. Right, but there's so much more we could say about one and two. I know there's so much more, <laughs> which is why I'm I'm uh, suggesting that uh, having read it myself, having having impacted myself, I am uh, I am a witness of the book uh, God's Blueprint for Life, Liberty, and Property: A Bible Study of the Ten Commandments by Stephen McDowell. We have a book review up on our website in EngageMagazine.net. And from there, you can purchase hit this book. It has been uh, life changing for me. I can say mm-hmm. the to say the least. And I do want to, just want to say one thing. Um, I haven't read through the entire book. I have looked at it though, uh, and spent about a couple of hours in it. But when it says a Bible study, mm-hmm. that is absolutely legitimate yeah. because Stephen McDowell takes you all over the scriptures to say everything really does build off of these ten commandments, and so he just you know, kind of exposits and, and opens up to say, here's where it all connects, yeah. uh, you know, from the words of Christ to the book of Revelation, it all connects to the Ten Commandments. And so not only is it really short, but it's really, it's interesting uh, throughout the whole time. It is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it brings to life a lot of things that I would have never considered, like the implications to it. Not just black print on white paper, but it's more than right, that. Right, because it's life. It's life. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, again, we do have Stephen McDowell with us. Uh, Stephen McDowell, you are the president of the uh, Providence Foundation, correct? That is correct. So we do want to encourage our listeners to go to, what's the, what's the website, Stephen? It's ProvidenceFoundation.com. All right, and as we continue, uh, one of the, the, yeah, one of the things we or, or our motto for EngageMagazine.net is to share truth and apply scripture. So I want to begin by reading a passage of scripture. This is the third commandment, Exodus twenty, verse seven: "You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord your God will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name." Okay, Stephen, I have to just tell you a funny, a quick funny story, and I'll let you reply to it. So my granny came to my office the other day. <laughs> yes, my granny came to work, and she said, hey, uh, there's a, she was here for another reason, but uh, while she was here, she said, I just keep hearing a bunch of teenagers misuse the name, use the Lord's name in vain. They misuse, they curse, they use, they, if they just only knew what they were doing to themselves when they did that. Now, what does she mean by that, Stephen? <laughs> Well, I assume she's referring to, uh, you know, profanity. Yes. Swearing. It's, it's using God's name in vain or using profane language. You know, profanity is just all speech or action or living, which is outside of God. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, the profane do not invoke God for the source of their strength, but they invoke the low and base things of life the things which are obscene and perverted, and what one invokes in word, they will follow in action. So really, profanity is a barometer of society, because if profanity increases, it shows the, the, the declining heart of man, but also, you know, if, if we allow the name of God to be used with irreverence or levity, it actually lessens a respect for him in the eyes of all citizens, 
And if we don't respect God, we're not going to respect his law. We're not going to seek to abide by his moral principles or anything. So it's uh, a decline in, in society at large occurs when we allow profanity to increase. You know, it's interesting that in early America, and probably still on the books of many states, every, we have laws everywhere, local, state, national level, that prohibited profanity to be used. There's punishment for that because they recognize that this is a low crime that people have complete opportunity to, to uh, rein in, to keep from happening. You know, Stephen, you say in your book, uh, one of the, the, the big things that I really, really like about it is that uh, when we look at the laws of God, and especially the Ten Commandments, we tend to look at them as though they are only prohibitive. You know, you shall not do this. You shall not do that. You, This is, you know, against the law, and you break it when you do this. But you really go deeper into the law to say, okay, it's not just about what you don't do, such as profane, but it's also about things that we need to do. You know, my dad used to have a saying all the time where he said, if I'm busy doing the stuff I'm supposed to be doing, I don't really have time to do the stuff I'm not supposed to be doing. And in this command, and the third one, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, you say that it's it's a command also to meditate on the person and the name of God. Um, but when we hear the word meditate, uh, you know, I know that that has the connotations of Eastern mysticism and all these different things. So from a Christian perspective, what does it mean to meditate? And then especially how do we meditate on the person and the name of God? Well, you rightly point out that all the commandments have a positive corollary. And and in this way, we're not to take the name of the Lord in vain, but what we are to do is we're to take the name of the Lord, which is how God reveals himself to man, we're to, to take it in the ways that he said we are. So we are, as you point out, we're to meditate on the name of the Lord and on the Word of God, because he manifests himself through his Word. We're to think about it, we're to hide it in our heart, we're to write it, we're to chew the cud, if you will, on God's Word like a cow, choose, choose the cud, we're to ruminate on it, we're to you know, confess it out of our mouth, we're to, to sing it, we're to pray through it, hide it in our heart. Meditate just means it's a, it's, a, it's a hungering over that Word and finding it, eating it, digesting it, letting it become a part of our life, so that all that we think, say, and write should be for the glory of God, for the good of ourselves and others, and this is one aspect of the positive corollary of this commandment. Amen. Praise God for that. That's exactly right. Man, that's incredible. You're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're just excited to have our guest in studio, or not, he's not actually in the studio, but we're excited to have Stephen call in. One day, hopefully, we can have you in studio, Stephen. We'd love for you to come by AFA. Absolutely. And AF4, I know you've been by here several times, and we'd love to get you in studio again. Well, but, I'd love to be there. I like visiting you guys. Praise God. Well, uh, moving on to the, to the fourth commandment. Now, what you've been able to do, if you, if you missed out and you hadn't been able to catch the first first segment or the first and second commandment and the third commandment, they'll be up on our podcast page on EngageMagazine.net. Yeah, you should type in EngageMagazine.net slash podcast. It'll take you right there. Great. Thank you so much, TJ. Uh, the fourth commandment, Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, and this is summarized, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. 
You know, Stephen, when I read that, you know, this is one of the ones I was very familiar with. You know why, Stephen? <laughs> and that's uh, <laughs> that's because that's because God commands us to rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we we ought not forget that, right? Well, that's exactly true. But you know, I I need to add. Yes, sir. That's just part of the commandment. Yes. We're to remember the Sabbath, but. Right after that, it says, six days shall you labor and do all your work. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't labor six, resting doesn't mean too much. <laughs> if all you yeah. do is rest, then yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That, yeah, that's exactly right. Now, but, so there's there's a, a, been a little bit of controversy because Christians, we worship on Sunday. That is our day of rest. But uh, the original Sabbath was on a Saturday. So does that mean that I get both days to rest, just so, to make sure that I'm in the right, and I can tell my wife, no, I'm sorry, I can't cut the yard this weekend. Can I Can I use <laughs> yeah. that? Well, you know, in the Bible, there's really three Sabbaths. There's the creation Sabbath, based upon the pattern. God created the earth in six days, on the seventh he rest. The Hebrew followed that model, but when Christ came, the early church began to observe the first day, the, Lord, uh, the Lord's day, to worship him, and I think that's because uh, in the New Covenant, we are to go out and carry on our godly vocation in the rest of God. We go out in His strength, in His peace, having sat in His presence, and we carry that with us as we go out those next six days and perform our biblical duty to to uh, rule the earth, take dominion over the earth, labor in our godly vocation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about a verse that you uh you helped me uh get to and that's John seventeen four. I glorify you. This is Jesus speaking. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you had given me to do. What did Jesus um how did he demonstrate working and teaching? Well, you know, it's interesting that Jesus in John five seventeen followed his father's example and he said, Look, I am working because I see my Father working. So Jesus was out doing the work of the Father. He was bringing the kingdom of God to earth as it is in heaven. That's what he taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. So he labored because he saw his Father laboring, and it was through that work and labor that he actually was bringing forth God's rule, God's authority, God's purposes and plan for man for mankind. So we, like Jesus followed his father, we can follow Jesus' example to labor. And by the way, you know, when he says six days you shall work, work is not just the job that we do 40 hours a week to make money so we can eat food, but work is fulfilling not only our godly vocation, which includes our job, but all of the other responsibilities that God has given us while we live on this earth to accomplish his mission, including vocation, training our children, influencing our culture and society. All of that is part of our godly work that we're to do. Amen. Absolutely. You know, for me, uh, my granddad raised me and said, hey, look, finish what you started. Do what you say you're going to do. Your word is very valuable, and so what we saw and what we see in Jesus' life that Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do, and we can learn from that lesson, is that we need to be a men of our word, not men of uh, uncommitment that break their, you know, commitment because it's inconvenient, you know, sometimes, so uh, we need to stick to our word. 
TJ? Yeah, absolutely. And what it boils down to with this is when we rest, what we're saying is, God, I trust you with the results. Uh, it, it's not all dependent on me. And Stephen, I just want to thank you. Uh, you point that out in your book. You do an excellent job of that. Real quickly, tell us one more time uh, the name of your book, where they could buy it, and tell us about your website. Well, the book is God's Blueprint for Life, Liberty, and Property, a Bible study of the Ten Commandments. People can get a copy at ProvidenceFoundation.com and have a lot of fun going through it and looking up hundreds of scriptures uh, as you're answering the questions that I pose in this Bible study. You know, Stephen, we do have six more commandments. you think you come back next week and chat with us some more? I'll be more than glad to. All right. Well, you have been listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. Thank you for spending time with us. As always, you can check us out at EngageMagazine.net. If you've got an idea for a program, let us know at EngageFAQ at AFA.net. Until next week, keep sharing truth and applying scripture.